Welcome back to Round Guy, the podcast, as we're on the phone with uh, Scotty Melvin for Henshaw Trailer Sales of Richland, Iowa, presents high school basketball and playoff Iowa. Well, welcome back to the program, Scott. Hey, good morning. How are we doing? Well, we're we're uh, not as good as we'd be if we had a few state championship teams, but uh, we had a great season, uh, but it's, it seems to have come to an end. Uh, uh, you got any uh, highlights of the playoffs you want to go over? Well, we had three teams make it, and uh, you know that stacked one A substate that we had that crammed all of our Southeast Iowa schools in together. You know, Danville came out of that, and, and I don't know that we had as high hopes for them going up against a really tough Lake Mills team or Burlington going up against that phenomenal juggernaut Ames. But we we really thought Mid Prairie was gonna was gonna get a shot at it, and as it happens, you know. Disappointment against uh, a team that they've faced before not that long ago, and Monticello was able to nip them in the end, and we got nobody out of the first round. So uh, that Monticello game, it reminded me a little bit of the Washington Demons game that when they went out of the playoffs, just played a team that they just played, you know? Yeah. And they yeah, won the game know, in the regular season, but I just got a feeling that, if you play a team, then you play them again right away. That's a lot better than looking at film, isn't it? It's a lot better than looking at film. And, and again, we're talking, you know, Mid-Prairie beat uh, Monticello kind of handily by 15 points there in the regular season not too long ago. Uh, the Washington-Solon game was a little closer than that last game of the regular season. Now in the playoffs, it, it really played out the same for Washington and Solon, except Solon came out on top, whereas Monticello made some some good adjustments. Um Mid Prairie, I thought, played pretty well outside of the fact they, they just couldn't, uh, outside of the third quarter, they had a little bit of struggle scoring. And uh, Monticello was able to turn that into a win. Well, I can't remember any time this season when they had a little trouble scoring. Can you? Uh, not at all. And, <laughs> you know, I thought I thought that was over uh, when the third quarter hit and they went on that 15 to nothing third quarter, uh, stretched it to a 17 to nothing run going into the fourth and then. You know, Monticello roared back. Credit to them; they they uh, turned the tables on Mid Prairie and, and were able to come out on top at the end. Well, you get to the state tournament, you're just facing good teams. There ain't no teams that aren't good that are there. You know? That's a fact. And Monticello's got experience up there. I don't really think, uh, from what I was able to watch and, and listen to while I was at work, that Mid Prairie was really, you know, in awe or. Uh, overwhelmed by the atmosphere up there or anything. I think it was just a, a matter of two really great teams going at it, and uh, somebody's got to win, somebody's got to lose, and our guys came out uh, without the win this time. Well, the, the Burlington team, they came out on fire. They, well, they sure did. They were doing everything They were right. winning until what I think was about one minute left in the first half. Yeah. Um, defense was stifling uh Ames, and then they were hitting some big shots, three pointers and whatnot. I thought I thought that game was going to end up being closer than it was. Well, the second half, Ames just kicked it into some kind of gear that I hadn't seen all year long. I never seen anything like that. They are, yeah, they are. They're certainly the best team in the state, aren't they? Absolutely, and and I want to point out, I got into a little uh, kind of a friendly verbal sparring match with some fans up that way on Twitter, you know, about that game because I, I you know. It's, Asked for a bold prediction. I said, Burlington's going to win this game and shock everyone. Of course, I knew it was, uh, you know, <laughs> a big reach, <laughs> but 
you know, you never know. And I'm going to, I'm going to back my area team. I don't care who they're playing, but, uh, you know, and I got some fun poked at me after the game <laughs> and rightfully so, but I would like to point out that I think out of the three games up there, state, uh, Ames opponents, Burlington gave them the best game. And that includes the last night's championship game because Johnston was not a factor at all. And Ames, you know, pretty much whooped them. Now, Danville, at halftime, that game was 11 to 11. And I thought, this is playing right into Danville's hands. This is a game that Danville likes to play. Yeah, I, I thought they were going to win another one, 25 to 23 or something. You know, that uh, was definitely in, at their pace. Yeah, were. But, uh, it got away from them too, but by God, it was a great season. Now, if you think our coverage of uh, the playoffs or, or basketball, high school basketball is over, it's not. We're going to extend it a little bit, and we're going to do some county all-star team. You got a couple of them picked. We're going to give them one of them today. And today's, uh, we're going to start with Washington County. We're going to pick the best players out of Washington County, and Scott's, Scott's got a list for them. So uh, what do you got for me, Scott? Well, it's kind of an interesting thing. Uh, I live in Washington County, technically, but I follow more of the Henry County teams. But, uh, you know, I, I keep an eye on what's going on in Washington County, and I know some of these kids, especially from Washington. We've got four schools, um, and my picks are, are these guys, and a lot of it's based on just the, the <coughs> work they did for the entire season, stats-wise and, and, and whatnot. But uh, I'm going to start with the Highland Huskies that had the they're probably one of the rougher years around. Uh, they only won four games this year. They got a lot of youth on the team. Um, but they did have a standout player, Chase Schultz, six foot three senior. He did a little bit of everything. He averaged 12 points a game, six rebounds per game. And I, I would consider him their big man. But he, he played, uh, I would say, more of a forward spot. He, he hit 31% of his three-point shots. So this is a, a young man that probably did a lot of inside and outside a little bit of everything for his team, so he deserves a nod. And at uh, Hillcrest Academy, the Ravens, they finished 15-7 and seven in a brutal uh, schedule that they played all year in that uh, Southeast Iowa Super Conference. But Grant Bender stood out, and we heard his name a lot through the course of the year. He's a six foot two junior, so they've got him coming back with some other young players. The future looks pretty bright up there for Coach Gingrich. Yeah, he's a beast, that Bender kid. Yeah. I was kind of surprised when I was looking through his stats that he only averaged 18 points a game. I thought it'd be higher. Yeah, it was like 50. That's that's still a darn good number. Yeah, that's real good. Yeah, and at 6'2", six, six, six rebounds a game. So he plays bigger than, than what he is, and he can really light it up. So those are the two small schools from the northern part of Washington County. Now we're going to get into the meat of it, though. I got the Mid-Prairie Golden Hawks. They got the some players. of Southeast Iowa this year. They finished 24 and one, made it to state, lost the heartbreaker up there. They've got a, just an embarrassment of riches when it comes to players. Of course, you got to start with the six foot five senior forward, Carter Harmson. Yeah. He, yeah. You know, 20 points a game, over eight rebounds a game, a block per game. Um, do you you think, know, six, what's that? Do you think he's the best player in Southeast Iowa? If I was going to give one player the nod, it would be him because uh, he does everything, and he's uh, he's going to be the focus of any defense, you know, of anybody that plays Mid Prairie, and nobody could stop him or hardly slow him down. He's uh, I saw one sports reporter on Twitter that was up at State describe him as a kid that had muscles on top of his muscles. So, <laughs> you know, he was a man among boys on the basketball court. He's definitely a strong one. 
but he was not, you know, by far not uh, a lone ranger on that team. Uh, the great supporting cast. You got senior guard Jack Pennington, six foot. Uh, he did a little bit of everything, and you heard his name all the time because he was a scrapper all over the floor, um, chasing loose balls and whatnot. I mean, he only averaged nine points a game, but sometimes he was way over his average if if it was necessary. Four assists per game, almost two steals per game. He hit 43% of his three-pointers on the year. I mean, there, there's nothing that uh, the Golden Hawks needed him to do that he couldn't fulfill. So he's got to get a nod here. And then Carter's uh, – Front court mate, Ethan Koss, 10 points a game, six rebounds per game, a six foot four senior forward. The, they'll say goodbye to him too, but um, that's a nice compliment to have a kid like him, um, your star player there. So he's definitely deserving of this uh, Washington County super team. You got guard Will Cavanaugh. Yeah, he can shoot threes with the best of them. What's that? I said he can shoot threes with the best of them. Yeah, he was 34% on the year. That's a that's a real good percentage. And man, we heard him in the in the postseason hit some big ones. And you heard you know Coach Lambert talk about what a great defender he is, and whoever uh, the best player is on the other team that they're facing, they're going to get Will Cavanaugh. And uh, he's you know six one six two, long arms, very athletic, um, could score some points when necessary, lockdown defender when necessary. He's definitely a first teamer here for the uh, county. Okay. Well, what about last, last pick from Mid Prairie, I got to give a shout out to six man Justice Jones. Definitely not uh, tons of stats on him or whatever. Um, you know, he, but he did average a steal per game coming off the bench and over three rebounds per game coming off the bench. And he's five foot nine. I mean, yeah. you know, like, like you heard he, he sure gave him a burst when he came times. in, didn't he? he? He just came in with all this energy and just. Yeah. He, he's. Uh, he played like a football player, like a middle linebacker. And you need guys like that with that that uh, toughness of a football team. You know, the football team brings you. Uh, okay. ball, Not bad when your six man makes the all star team. Yeah. So you know he's uh, he's worth a mention. He's a senior, and I'll say goodbye to all these seniors that brought him probably the most historic year uh, Mid Prairie's seen. And uh, it's too bad it didn't end with a state championship. But man, March Madness is crazy. And that's just the way it goes. So, well, what else you got? I'm going to give a shout out since we're talking about Mid Prairie uh, to Coach Darren Lambert. He's going to be my Washington County Coach of the Year, and you know, close second would be Colin Stark from from Washington. But you know, you, you got to give it to Coach Lambert because they finished 24 and 0. They made it to state. Um, just a stellar season for the Golden Hawks. You don't. Uh, well, you got good coaches. All of them are good coaches here. Yeah, is it, I hate to leave anybody out on on that team or any of the others because you know the stats don't tell the whole story, but uh, you know often these teams are picked. Well, what about that. the Washington so, Demons? Kind of they a, got anybody? What's that? Washington Demons. Oh yeah, we got to talk about uh, junior guard Ethan Patterson. Um, man, I don't care. We're talking football, basketball. I don't know what he's going to do this spring. I'm sure he's probably in track. I don't know if he plays baseball, but he's going to be the number one demon that gets the attention <laughs> from from the opposition because he's a superb athlete. Uh, some of the numbers, you know, 16 points a game. He's only a 5'11 guard. Three rebounds per game, almost three and a half rebounds per game. He hit 34% of his three-pointers. That's great. And this is this is a number I personally like because I like to see kids that uh, focus on that free throw line. 
and we saw in the state tournament, I don't know what you saw, but I saw some really poor <laughs> free throw shooting oh, from yeah. uh, not just the big guys, but the little guys too. It's it's like it's kind of a lost art or something. But Ethan Patterson hits right at 90% of his free throws. That's incredible. Right. Hold on just a second. So next we've got uh, Kaysen Bailey, and he's another big-name demon athlete, a great football player. Basketball is his forte. He's uh, signed a letter of intent to go play up there at uh, NAIA school, uh, Northwestern Iowa. And he's going to play there. I don't know if you saw much of Lake Mills games, but the six foot seven phenomenon Wyatt Helmig will be his teammate up there. So I'm interested to see what those kids do um, in the college level. But Kaysen, you know, on the year, this is incredible. He shoots a lot of three pointers and he hit almost 43% of them. That's insane. So uh, that's a, that's a sharp shooter that anybody would like to have on their team. He did a lot for the demons this year, average 15 points a game almost five assists per game, three rebounds per game, tons of production from a 16 yard. And then one of my favorites is Lucas Kroll because he's just, uh, I'd call him like the garbage man. I saw him do a lot of uh, offensive rebounds and putbacks and, and he gets down in, uh, in the middle and mixes it up. He's only six, three, but he plays bigger than that. He averaged 10 points and eight rebounds a game, almost nine rebounds a game for a six foot three kid. Um, he played big and uh, was a huge contributor for the demons. They finished 19 and four. We thought they'd get to state. They came up short, um, but man, they had a great season. Yeah, everyone we had a, we had a great season, and there was so much support. And uh, you know, when those games were on YouTube or Facebook or live, uh, you couldn't believe how many people were watching. You know, so it is it is a big thing of interest in in Southeast Iowa now. Uh, so that's that's the team. When, That's my team. That's Washington County in a nutshell. I think. I think it's a pretty pretty solid team. I, I think uh, you could beat most of the counties with that little squad you got there. Oh, you'd be you'd be in for a tough one against a team made up of these kids I I listed. And there, like I said, there's more that's probably deserving. I just didn't get to enough games to to see them all. So uh, we got kind of a big announcement. Uh, we. You know, we work with Scotty, we work with the coaches, we work with the radio guys, and we work with a, a sports writer from the Southeast Iowa Union this year. And I, I can't thank those guys enough because it, that's what made our coverage different. It's what made our coverage better. It's what made our coverage interesting. It's what, you know, brought all these different perspectives together. And then uh, uh, Andy Cressinger of the Southeast Iowa Union and I were able to kind of do a feature about uh, – about Jess Settles and uh, Clay Edwards. Uh, and we got to talk to them about their basketball journey. You know, uh, what was it like to be in high school with the, you know, the teams and the support and the, what was it like to play at Waco or play at Pekin or, you know, all the other Southeast Iowa communities. And God, they had such fantastic stories and the stories were just coming, you know, to them as they, you know, the memories were flooding in. You know, and they were, you know, it was, it was tremendous. Anyway, he, he just wrote a big article up about it, uh, Friday's, uh, Southeast Iowa Union. If you get a chance, it's the whole back page of the Southeast Iowa Union. It's a great picture that went in there with it. And Andy did a bunch of great work and he mentions round guy, the podcast. And it was, uh, you know, it was one of the bigger things promotion wise for round guy, the podcast. I have to big shout out. Did you, did you get to see the article? I did. And, uh, I, 
you know, you can't say enough about the coverage those guys do. Andy's great. You can hear his enthusiasm, you know, when, when he talks to you, when he's talking to uh, Coach Edwards and, and Jess on the on that podcast. So it was really great listen. And, and the article's great. All of, all the articles they write are great. I recommend anybody from the area to, to snap up a subscription or whatever to that paper. I, I can go through my own Twitter history because I use Twitter solely for sports info, especially high school stuff, because you can get updates on the minute, you know, of games you're not at and you're interested in. And those guys are always pumping info about the games that I'm not able to see or attend or whatever. So uh, they work tirelessly, and I'm, I'm just glad they uh, mentioned us in well, that article. That was uh, really nice. There's two guys at that paper that cover sports, and they probably have to cover things that aren't sports too. And sure. they got three counties and 14 teams to cover, so they are hard working. Yeah, I thought we worked hard, but uh, <laughs> those guys are—they're—they're they're probably in it twenty-four-seven. They're—they're up, crack of dawn, and they're probably still at games till nine, ten o'clock at night. You know. Yeah, and the travel that it involves—that's what keeps me from going. Is I can't find uh, always the hours to go. No, they're not. Well, Scott, oh, you're one of the treasures that we got on this show, and uh, you know, oh, I interviewed Coach. Uh, the coach of Wapolo and uh, David Griffin. And, and he was telling me how much he appreciates your uh, commentary and your, you know, your studious view at the, uh, he says, you don't, uh, he says, you really look into it. He says, you don't do it. So no superficial views from Scott Melvin. He is, uh, he's, you know, he doesn't talk about stuff he doesn't know about. And he really, you, I don't know how many hours a week you put into this, but uh it's a lot, and we sure thank you. And uh, we'll stay in touch. Maybe we'll put something together for the baseball season, or uh, uh, maybe we'll do a couple more of these county ones. But uh, I want to thank you, and everyone that listens, thanks you a lot for all you did this year. We appreciate you, Scott. Hey, well, I appreciate the kind words, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. And, you know, I haven't I haven't gotten into baseball uh for some years really, but we do have some quality players around here that might be worth following and, and doing some reporting on. You know, I, I had uh, followed football a lot more than I'd followed basketball. Yeah, me too. But it was, uh, it was really a joy to see the football players playing basketball. You know what I mean? It's like, wow, I already do know something about this team. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah uh, a lot of the same characters. And I think that's part of what makes uh, me get so into it myself is, you know, I'm a, I'm older now. I'm a parent. I got two boys in high school. One doesn't play any sports. The other one, he's he's wanting to dabble. He's still a freshman. But, uh, you know, and and so you look at these kids kind of the same way you look at your own kids. And, and it's fun to follow their development. And we know that high school is going to end. And, and they're going to do much bigger, better things in life uh, afterwards. But uh, these are special times. And I think that's what came through in that uh, interview you did with, with Clay and Jess. That It's a short, uh, incredible time in your in your um life and uh once it's gone it's gone forever and you move on to other things but uh you know it's it's a lot of fun to watch these kids take that time and do something special with it. yeah if you want to check that episode it's out and man have a lot of people listen to it all across the state but it's a if you think it's a basketball story it's a story that includes basketball but it's a love story you know what i mean it's just how these guys loved not just the basketball they were playing, but the people they played with and their coaches and the people in the stands and the people on the road and the players on the other teams. I mean, those guys, they just love Southeast Iowa, you know, as much as I do. 
you know, and uh, they take a little piece of that with them wherever they go. And they're, uh, this has been a great, great journey to cover Southeast Iowa. And uh, I love the damn place. And because uh, of people like you, Scott, you know, people around here, hardworking and serious and intelligent. And, uh, and uh, we got, you know, some people would say we got bad weather, but I, every time I check, there's always, no matter what the weather is, you got a beautiful sunset and a beautiful sunrise every single day to deal with. So, and we got, that right. we got the spring coming up. So thank you. Is there anything we didn't uh, talk about that you wanted to? Oh gosh. Uh, I don't think so. Um, there's always something that I forget about and think of later, but uh, we'll have to save that for another episode. Well, we appreciate you getting up early. I know you even have to work today, but uh, you're, you're working hard and we appreciate you. And thanks Scott. And uh, this has been uh, round guy, the podcast with news you can use that don't give you the blues. Thanks for listening.